Belief in a world beyond this one is almost universal in human nature. And rising out of this comes a common question. It's a question that people ask Jesus again and again in one form or another. What must I do to have eternal life? Isn't that the concern that we have? Isn't that why we come to church? Isn't that what we ultimately want to hear from a homily? What must I do to have eternal life? Now, there is a reason that people ask Jesus this question, and it's why people still turn their attention to Jesus even today. Jesus explicitly said, I have come that they may have life. Earlier in the sixth chapter of John, Jesus told the people, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger, and he who believes in me shall never thirst. And then Jesus says, this is the will of the Father, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in him may have eternal life. Now, the people did not understand all that Jesus was saying. There were questions. There was misunderstanding. There was disagreement. There was even offense and anger. And if we take an honest look around today at all the people who claim to be following Jesus, it seems that not much has changed. There are questions. There is misunderstanding. There is disagreement. There's even offense and anger. And yet there is this underlying unity, this common question, what must I do to have eternal life? Well, in today's gospel, we find Jesus giving the answer to this question in three different ways. Now, I say that intentionally. Jesus is not giving three different answers. Jesus gives the answer in three different ways. And it seems not everyone has been able to understand this. Because the three ways that Jesus speaks of eternal life have been separated into different emphases of Christian expression as if one of them is exclusive of the others. One is what we do. Jesus says, everyone who listens to my Father and learns from him comes to me. Now, the natural context for this would be the commandments. In fact, when the rich young ruler came to Jesus, he said, what must I do to have eternal life? And Jesus said, you know the commandments. Now, some today denounce this approach to God, and they say that's salvation by works, as if faith and works are opposed to each other. Maybe a little story will help us here. A man died and went to heaven. St. Peter met him at the pearly gates. Peter says, here's how it works. You need 100 points to make it into heaven. Now tell me the good things you've done and I'll give you a number of points for each item and depending on how good, when you get to 100, you get in. 
Okay, the man says, I attended church every Sunday. That's good, Peter said. That'll be two points. Two points, he said. Well, I gave 10% regularly of my earnings to the church. Wow, said Peter. That's worth another two points. What else? Two points. Mm. Well, I started a soup kitchen and I worked in a shelter for homeless victims. Fantastic, said Peter. That's worth another point. Oh. Man says, well, I was married to the same woman for 50 years and never stepped out. That's wonderful, said Peter. Three points. Three points, the man says. At this rate, the only way I'm going to get into heaven is the grace of God. Peter says, you've got it. Come on in. (laughs) Now, there are those who teach faith alone. And Jesus says, whoever believes has eternal life. It's a major theme in John's gospel and Paul's letters. It was Paul's answer to the Philippian jailer. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And so there are many evangelicals out there, the ones that maybe have asked you at one point, are you saved, that they say accepting what Jesus has done by faith is all that we need to do. And there's some truth here. Christian faith is indeed trust in Jesus. There is a strong, personal, individual element to saving faith but the danger in emphasizing belief more than anything else is that faith gets reduced to an abstraction just a cognitive head trip and believing in Jesus is more than a mental checklist a third way that Jesus answers the question of eternal life is very familiar to Catholics But it's just as puzzling today to many other Christians as it was to those who first heard it. Jesus said, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And so Catholic faith, from the earliest testimony of the church fathers, teaches that when we come to communion, we are literally partaking of Jesus. This was one of the compelling realizations that brought me to the Catholic Church. And yet, even there, we need to understand that eating the living bread is far more than just a mechanistic gesture that we do. And so here's this question, what must I do to have eternal life? Is it by listening and learning so that we do the right things? Is it simply by believing? Is it by eating the living bread? Surely when asked this way, we can see that it's supposed to be all of them. Believing means that we will listen and learn. And as we listen and learn, we will discover that part of Christian faith that is a mystery this union with Jesus in his very body blood soul and divinity 
These three answers which Jesus gives to our questions about eternal life all interface with and support each other. Our first two readings today support this. It was when Elijah believed, listened to, and obeyed God that he was fed in a supernatural way. And then notice what the scripture says. He was transformed. Strengthened by that food, he walked 40 days and 40 nights to the mountain of God. You and I are on a journey. We want to get to the mountain of God, which is a way of saying eternal life. How do we know that we are believing and listening and learning, which is another way of saying obeying? What results can we expect when those things come together of believing and obeying and partaking? We find that answer in the epistle, our faith affects the way that we live from day to day. When we feed on Jesus, when we receive Jesus in the Eucharist, in true faith and in obedience, we are nurturing the life of his spirit in us. And when the spirit of God is freely at work in us, we are being transformed into different people. Distinctive people, which is a good way to understand holy people. It's all in the power of Jesus. What does that ultimately look like? It looks like Jesus himself. He is the one that we are growing up into as we believe in him, as we obey him, as we feed on him. What must I do to have eternal life? Believe, live and learn, eat the living bread. And in that, be transformed because Jesus wants his eternal life to be growing in us.